How's everybody doing? It is good to be here, and to be quite honest, it's a little surreal. My name is Dan DeMay. I'm the executive pastor of Jubilee Fellowship for the next 10 days. Um, This is the last time that, as a staff pastor, I will be speaking to you. Pastor John said that I could come back at some point. He would bring me back. Um, But as a staff pastor, this will be the last message that I give to you. And to be quite honest with you, as I look out over uh, so many familiar faces, it's it's just surreal. It really is surreal. I'm going to pray and I'll I'll jump in. So Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for um, the things that you're doing. We thank you for the way that you are doing them. And God, I pray that you would just communicate through me right now uh, and use me to just touch the hearts of the people in this room right now. And so, Lord, we give you this time, and we ask that you uh, would just move in supernatural ways, and we thank you for that in your name. Everybody said amen. Amen. Hey, two people that I want to address real quick, and the first one is this. Uh, If you've been on vacation all summer, uh, and you just heard that I'm going to be leaving in 10 days uh, as executive pastor, you might want to go back to June 2nd and 3rd, listen to Pastor John's message, uh, and uh, you'll get a better understanding of what's taking place. In that message, he basically uh, told us three different things that was going on. The first one is that we would be shutting the Lakewood campus down, uh, which has happened. The second would be there was some big changes at Jubilee Fellowship that was going to be taking place. And the third was that my wife, Kim, and I would be taking over the Castle Rock campus and making it a church in August, which happens to be two weeks from this weekend, which is making me a little nervous, to be quite honest with you. Um, So if you have been gone all summer... Um, you might want to catch up. (laughs) Uh, The second person is, if this is your very first time here, we are so glad and we are honored that you are celebrating Jesus with us today. Um, This is not going to be a normal uh, message. Uh, So just sit back and enjoy what God has for you. And next week, uh, we'll get back into the normal flow of how we do things here at Jubilee Fellowship. But for this weekend, in praying for this, I didn't feel like God um, wanted me to give a regular message. I felt like the Lord told me, tell your story. Tell your version, tell your, uh, your story of how things happen and how everything has come together. And so I'm going to jump back 25 years ago. 25 years ago in the spring, uh, I had just rededicated my life to the Lord, and uh, I had heard in the church that I was attending that I should get involved in the body of Christ, and I said, okay. And so the very next volunteer opportunity was to be a part of the choir, so I joined the choir. I signed up. Um, and I'm not a very good singer. I'm just going to be completely honest. But that's just where I felt like, OK, I'm going to jump in. And so I did. And I don't want to go too long into the story. But I slept through two of the three Easter services that I had been preparing for. In the middle of the process, about uh, three or four weeks prior to the Easter service that we were preparing for, I actually got to meet Pastor John Leach. He was the youth pastor at Resurrection Fellowship at the time. And I will never forget meeting him uh, because we shook hands, we talked for a little bit, and he goes, what are you doing in the choir? And I go, I don't know. 
sleeping through services, I guess. I don't know. Um, and so he goes, you need to be a part of my youth leadership team. And so as soon as the Easter service finished, I actually got involved in the leadership team of the youth group at Resurrection Fellowship. And that's really what began to stir my heart for ministry. And I got involved in there. I did whatever I could to serve Pastor John. Uh, Pastor John actually married my wife and I. We'll be celebrating 25 years of marriage in December. You can clap for her. She's put up with a lot. Absolutely. Um, and the reason I go back that far is I want you to hear something. Pastor John and I, we are great friends. We have developed a friendship over 25 years. He's my pastor. He's my boss for the next 10 days. Um, <laughs> but more important than all of that, he's my friend. He's one of my best friends in this world that I have. And I go back to tell you that established 25 years ago a relationship that God knew exactly what was going to take place and God knew exactly what he had in store. Worked for him for a year and a half and he actually uh, recommended me to Pastor Terry Hilgers. At the time, he was a senior pastor in Aiken, South Carolina. And so Kim and I moved to South Carolina to become youth pastors down there. It was the best four years of my life and the worst four years of my life. Um, I had started doing some school for ministry, but to be quite honest with you, those four years were my education. I learned more in those four years than when I came back and actually went and got my associate's degree in theology. I learned more in those four years than in the, in the process of getting that degree going to school. It was just an impactful time. Um, and in the middle of that, Pastor John actually at Resurrection Fellowship got promoted to associate pastor and then God gave him a dream. And he came then at that point to Highlands Ranch and started Jubilee Fellowship Church. And there was something in me that got super excited about that, but I didn't know, you know how, to, how to go about that, um, but God did. And so through a series of events, God began to make it very evident to Kim and I that we were supposed to move back. It all culminated in one day where Pastor Terry came to me and he was very nervous. He looked, I, mean, I just could tell something was wrong. And he sat me at a table at a bagel shop and he looked across the table and he said, hey, uh, Dan, I've been praying for the vision of the church for next year and I don't know how to tell you this, um, but you're not in it. <laughs> I was like, I know! Because God had already told me that uh, previous. And so that gave him great relief. And so um, my wife and I, a few months later, decided to move back to Colorado. But the question was, do we get back into ministry or do we come and help what Pastor John was doing with Jubilee Fellowship? And I will never forget getting with Pastor John and asking him, hey, give me some input, give me some advice. And he said, hey, you know what? Uh, you'd be crazy to come work with me. I don't have a position for you, nor will I ever have a position for you. And I said, okay, I understand that. Um, and so I started to pursue actually a youth pastor position uh, at The Rock in Castle Rock. And I was filling out the application and trying to put my resume together. And church, I can't uh, explain fully to you, but here's what I know. Every time I sat down to do that application and every time I, I went to put my resume together, I just didn't have any life. It, it was just even hard to put the words down on paper. And so I I want to stop for just a second because I feel like that there may be some people that are trying to make a decision in regards to things that God has called them to. And I want to encourage you, if you don't feel like there's any life in a certain direction, maybe God is trying to tell you not to go that way. Every time I thought about Jubilee Fellowship, though, man, there was this excitement in my heart. And so finally, one day I conceded to that and I went to my wife and I said, hey, you know what? I think we're supposed to go and help Pastor John, you know, with 
with Jubilee Fellowship. It was one month old when, when Pastor Terry came and had that conversation with me. So I, I tell her that, and she goes, yeah, I think that sounds right because God told me that you weren't going to be in full-time ministry anymore. I was like, what? That would have been nice to tell me beforehand, but she's like, well, that's what I didn't want to let. I wanted God to tell you that. And I'm like, okay, that makes sense. And so here's what happened. My wife and I moved from Aiken, South Carolina back to Colorado. We didn't have a house. We didn't have a job. We just had a word from God. And there was so much life in that. And I want to go back to this. Man, you know what? Uh, sometimes the thing that gives you great life isn't going to be the easiest thing. I want you to hear that. You should pay attention to the thing that God and the Holy Spirit is putting into your heart because sometimes that's the thing God wants you to do and it may take some radical faith for you to do that, but that's probably the direction that God wants you to do. And here I was in between this thing that wasn't bringing me any life and this thing that was bringing me great life. And we decided to go with the thing that was giving us joy and excitement, though it was really hard. We moved to Estes Park where her parents were and we drove to Denver every day to try to find a job and try to find a home. I'll never forget because we came from a place where um, a, uh, what was our 1,800, 2,000 square foot home was $90,000, came here to sticker shop land. <laughs> oh my gosh. And the rentals we were looking made my wife cry almost every time. It was, like, it was, it was a trying time, but man, it was, there was so much life in that. And so we moved back. I'll tell you that because in the midst of that, God gave me three things that he told me very clearly. He told me, go serve the pastors of Jubilee Fellowship. I will promote you to associate pastor. And one day you'll be your own senior pastor. I heard it clear as day. And I went, okay, God, that's what I'll do. So we move and we come and we support Pastor John. And I just served him in whatever way I could. My first job here at Jubilee Fellowship, tape duplication. <laughs> Dude, we had the best series ever. All, I mean, people don't even know what tapes are anymore. I understand that. But I, I mean, I, was, I, I could duplicate tapes. We actually turned it into CDs. I, I did it with all my heart. Um, and Pastor John saw that. And um, as the years went by, he started to pay me a little bit part-time salary. And four years to the day, he actually hired me on staff as the business administrator of Jubilee Fellowship Church. Now I'm going to fast forward to 2005. 2005, we were running five services in a little storefront on Broadway and County Line. Things were just happening. Jubilee was growing, and uh, we were able to get this land, and we actually built this building. And in May of 2005, we opened up our first services here in this church. And it was exciting for us as a staff because we were going to go from five services down to two. One on Saturday and one on Sunday, and we were so super excited about that. And within three months, we were back to four services. And I will never forget Pastor John coming to me and he goes, okay, are you ready to start your church? Because I had told him the three things that God had given to me and we had been in good communication about that all, all the time through that. And here it was, end of 2005, and he's like, hey, I need you, we're, we're growing so fast, we, I need you to go start your own church. So if you've been here since 2006, you'll remember that January of 2006, Pastor John stood up in front of everybody and said, we are sending Dan and Kim over to the west side of uh, of Denver, and they are going to start their own church. We actually had a team together. We had pastors. We had a associate pastor, worship pastor, youth pastor, kid pastor. We had the whole team together. And one weekend that spring, 
I got away just to ask God for direction. The same weekend, Pastor Chris was actually at a women's conference. In this time away, I'm praying, God, give me vision, give me direction, and I feel like the Lord tells me this. I am with you no matter what you do, but you need to learn some things, and you can either learn them with covering or without covering. I'll take covering, please. <laughs> Church, I want, to hear, I want you to hear something. You know what? Sometimes God uses authority in our life to prepare us and set us up for what he has for us in the future. And sometimes we step outside of that and away from that authority too quickly. And um, for those who have ears to hear, maybe that's for you, but I felt like I needed to stay under the authority of Pastor John and Chris. And so I scheduled an appointment with him and I said, hey, um, the four of us got together and I said, hey, this is what the Lord told me. And Chris goes, you know what? I was at this conference and I want you to know that I was praying about the church and I felt like God told me that if you were to do this, that it wouldn't go well right now. And so we made the decision at the time, let's not do this. Now, let me tell you how, how developed this was. Pastor John had hired my replacement already. Okay. Now, in his graciousness, he made a position for me. I became the discipleship pastor. Not even sure what that was. Still don't know what it was. <laughs> but I did it really well. And I was in that position for about a year and a half when we decided to go with the campus model. And Highlands Ranch was our first campus. And I became, and Kim and I became the campus pastors of our Highlands Ranch campus. That was in 2007. In 2008, we opened our Castle Rock campus. In 2012, um, there was a church in Lakewood that said, hey, we're going to shut the doors. Would you like this building? So we took uh, that church and, and we actually became uh, a church with four or three campus, Lone Tree and three other campuses. We have four campuses all together. Um, and Pastor John, shortly thereafter, came to me and he said, hey, listen, um, this has gotten pretty big and I can't keep my hands and, and my eyes on all of this. And so he said, I would like you to step away from the Highlands Ranch campus and I would like you to become the executive or the associate pastor of Jubilee Fellowship. And the second that he said that, God reminded me, remember what I told you? Church, this was 13 years later. 13 years later. That's a long time to wait. Some of you are impatient after 13 minutes. <laughs> 13 years later. And here's what's interesting. As I look back in the almost decision of starting a church in 2006, we would have stepped over one important piece to the three things that God told me. Three things. That associate pastor part was very important in God's eyes. And I didn't realize it at the time, but when Pastor John in 2012 said, hey, will you become the executive pastor? I said, yes, absolutely. And God reminded me, this is what I was talking about. And you know what? I love my position. I love my position. I'm good at my position. Um, and there was something in me, again, that had that life and excitement. And so I just served Pastor John and Chris in this church, the pastors of this church, with all of my heart. And I loved every every minute of that. Now I'm gonna fast forward to last summer. Actually, last spring. 
Pastor Evan, who was our Lakewood campus pastor, God had spoke to him to start Colorado Church on Colorado and I-25 in the Glendale area. And Pastor John, um, as he, he does so well, he sent them off and um, he had him speak. And um, it, you know, we just sent him off in just such an incredible way. And he established a Colorado Church and is doing great as a pastor there. Um, but when he did that, he actually took about 150 or 200 people from Lakewood with him to go to Colorado Church, which we love. We love seeing the kingdom of God grow that way. Um, but it put us in a position as a church that financially, um, with it being summertime, plus the fact that 150, 200 people had just left, we found ourselves in a little bit of a financial crunch. And if you remember, if you were here, Pastor John actually came to the church on three different occasions, once in May, once at the end of June, and once in August, and basically said, hey, this is where we are financially. We need your help. Please, if you would step up with your giving, we sure would appreciate it. And the time in August, if you remember, he actually told everyone hey, we have had to go to our staff and we've had to ask our staff to start help paying with their health benefits in order to just help us with this financial need. Do you guys remember that? He came to us, he told us those things. And so in the middle of that, one of the things I love about Pastor John is that when things are shaking, he realizes that it's a time where God could be doing things in people's hearts. And so he came to the executive team, he came to the campus pastors, and he said, hey guys, listen, things are shaking here a little bit, and we, I see that, and I believe God is doing something in the midst of this. And so I wanna ask you guys, do you have it in your heart to take one of your campuses, especially to the campus pastors, to take your campus and make it a church of its own? And individually, actually, he came to me and said, uh, Dan, do you feel like God has called you to start your own church? And I went, nope. <laughs> and he goes, okay, good. Presents the executive team and Pastor Bob and Gabe Oldfield, who was our Highlands Ranch campus pastors at the time, uh, they said that that night God spoke to them and they went back to Pastor John very quickly and said, hey, we feel like God is leading us to go start our own church. And so they took the Highlands Ranch campus if you've been here, you know the, the story here. They took that and became Discover Community Church. And so in the midst of that, we had many different conversations going on. And one of the conversations that happened was that Kim and I and Pastor DJ and Cammie, who at the time were the Lakewood campus pastors, um, we got with them and Pastor John and Chris and said, hey, as things are shaking, would there be a potential that Kim and I and DJ and Cammie could take Castle Rock if that... It, would that happen? And, and John goes, oh, that's an interesting idea. Uh, but you know what? Bob and Gabe want to do this. They know that they've heard from the Lord. And we were like, well, what if? I, you know, we, we weren't real sure what, was, what the Lord was speaking at the time. And so Pastor John said, hey, let's table that. And I said, absolutely, let's do that. Let's put our focus on getting Pastor Bob and Gabe set up. And so we did that. Last fall, we, we put all our energy and our effort into that. And January 1st, the first weekend of January, Discover Community <clears throat> Church started. Pastor Bob and Gabe are doing a great job. They've got a really good, healthy church going um, because the offices are there. I get to see him from time to time and he's just doing so well. He's thriving, he's loving it. And they're just doing a great job. Moved to the third, fourth week in January and Pastor John said, okay, you know what? It's time now that we actually take a look at what we've got going on. Because as you've heard Pastor John say, um, this has kind of, uh, matured into a thing uh, where 
um, like a parent, like parents with their kids. Um, you know, when they're little, you kind of, you tell them what to do and how to do it. And as they get older and older, there becomes this tension because they become their own um, adult and they begin to get this idea of, hey, look, I want to do things this way, but yet they're still in the house and there's that tension. And Pastor John has shared with us that, you know, at time, there's a time where you say, okay, it's time for you to go. Bye-bye. Um, and so we started to see Pastor John, as senior pastor, me as executive pastor, we began to see with our campus pastors that there was just this tension of, hey, can we do worship a little longer? Can we have a greeting time longer? Can we do, you know, just different ideas. And not that they were wrong ideas or bad ideas, but they were just different ideas than what Pastor John had as a senior pastor of Jubilee Fellowship. But he wanted to accommodate the campus pastors in that. And so he said, hey, we're going to start talking about what does it look like maybe giving some campus some autonomy but if we do that, there needs to be some financial responsibility as well. And so he asked me and Pastor Todd, our business administrator, to start really looking into where the campuses were. We were, we were one church in different locations. And though we did try to separate to kind of get a feel for where the campuses were, we hadn't ever really done a, a true where are each campus. So Pastor Todd and I start to extrapolate the finances and start to look into all those things. And what we come to find out is that our Lakewood campus ran about $300,000 in the red for the last year. Now I wanna stop for a second because some people think that uh, this decision, uh, the things that, the changes that are going on uh, are financially motivated. <clears throat> the finances definitely were a part of this, but I want you to hear this. The financial issue here at Jubilee Fellowship was a catalyst that made the executive team and Pastor John and Chris in particular pour into the presence of God and seek his heart in ways that we hadn't done in a while. I mean, the truth is when things are fat and happy, you don't necessarily push into God like you should, right? And this issue had begun to make us as an executive team start to push into God like we haven't in a while. And um, it culminated in a week in March. It was the middle of March, and I'm gonna call it the week that changed everything. Sunday, we decide to go on a little overnight at a hotel, just the campus pastors, Kim and I, the business administrators, and Pastor John and Chris. And we get there Sunday afternoon and we start talking about just what does this autonomy with fiscal responsibility look like? And Pastor John had asked each campus pastor to kind of present a plan. So Pastor and DJ and Cami from Lakewood go first. And they did an incredible job. They laid out an amazing plan. There was a lot of vision in it. There was a lot of life in it. And you could tell that they really prayed through and sought the Lord for this plan. But as they communicated it, it began to be very realized in all of us that this was a three-year plan and it was pretty aggressive. And after three years, it was just gonna break even. And as I'm watching Pastor DJ and Cami give this plan, I'm also watching Pastor John and Chris. And you could see, if you could see gears turning in somebody's head, you could totally see the gears turning in their head. And you begin to realize, oh, man, God is, God is stirring something here in the midst of this. And I'll never forget Pastor John, after DJ does this whole plan, he looks at him and goes, are we supposed to keep Lakewood? Oh, <laughs> Okay things started to shake a little bit. 
Then Pastor Rob and Amy gave their plan. And again, well thought out, led by the Holy Spirit, they give a great plan. And Pastor John asked them a few questions. Um, but you could tell something was shifting, something was changing in that room that night. And I will give Pastor DJ and Cami and Pastor Rob and Amy Painter um, all the credit in the world because they recognized it too. And they looked at Pastor John and Chris and they said, hey, Pastor, what do you want? What are you seeing God do? We're going to be okay. What is the dream that God has given to you right now in the midst of this? And you could see Pastor start to light up. And he started to say, thank you to those guys. Let me think about this. Let me pray. Let me dream about this. And so we actually prayed that evening. Oh, before we prayed, actually. He goes, okay, let me think. Let me pray about that. He goes, let, there's one other announcement that we need to make this, this evening. I'm like, okay. And then he has Pastor Marcus and Amy tell us that they're going to go to Cambodia. And so now, all of a sudden, everything is up in the air. The Lone Tree Campus pastors are leaving. We're contemplating shutting down Lakewood. Rob and Amy have this great plan, but we're not sure. And, and so we prayed, and we went to bed. We come in Monday morning, and you could tell Pastor John had dreamt. There was this life in him, but he wasn't yet ready to tell us what that thing was. So he kept just saying this, I just need to have some important conversations and then I'll be able to talk to you guys a little bit about it. And then at one point he's like, I just need to get with DJ and Cammie and ask them a few things and then we can move forward from there. And so I'm making assumptions. These were assumptions, but I was like, um, okay, so he's gonna move DJ and Cammie over to Lone Tree because Marcus and Amy are gonna leave. And you're just making all of these projections and you could see that God was starting to move some pieces of this great puzzle that he had going on. That was Monday. Tuesday, Pastor John comes into my office and he sits across the desk from me and he says, hey, do you feel like God is telling you to start your church? I said, no. <laughs> he goes, good. I need you for at least a year and a half um, because I need your help making all these transitions and, and the position changes that I feel like God is, is doing. And we then proceeded to have a great conversation for the next hour and a half about different things that were going on. In the middle of that conversation, I looked at Pastor John and I said, hey, listen, Kim and I are gonna be okay. If, for whatever reason, we're not in the next portion of the vision, if we're not here in the future, we're going to be all right. God has us. I want you to dream even about us. I know DJ and Cammie, Rob and Amy gave you permission. I'm giving you permission to dream too. He looked at me and goes, hey, okay, great. Thanks. No way. I need you. Uh, and we started to go on with our conversation. So I come home. I tell Kim, hey, I had a great conversation with Pastor John. We're here for at least another year and a half. Everything's going to be great. And she's like, okay, good. Because at that weekend meeting, to be honest with you, it was the campus pastors and Pastor John. And Kim and I, we kind of actually left there going, I wonder if we're even supposed to be here anymore. So to hear that was very comforting. So that's what I tell her Tuesday afternoon. Tuesday night, I get a text from Pastor John and he says, hey, can you meet me for lunch tomorrow? Sure. I thought, okay, we're going to have a conversation about more strategy and where we're moving. And so I sit across from him. This is on Wednesday. I sit across from him and he goes, I know this is going to sound a little weird in light of what we talked about yesterday. Um, but he goes, uh, you gave me permission to dream and I have. And he goes, Dan, you've served me for 19 years. And I believe that it is time for you 
to be your own senior pastor. And I think God wants you to take the Castle Rock campus. He goes, there's no better time for me to set you up than right now. And if you were to take the Castle Rock campus, I think that you'll be incredibly successful with that. And I want you to go do that. I think it's time for you to be a senior pastor. I looked at him and I said, you are wrong. (laughs) And I said, and even if you were right, your timing is way off. And he goes, hold on, hold on. And we begin to talk for the next hour and a half about just you know, what, what maybe God was doing and what maybe he was saying. And um, he was trying to convince me and I was trying to convince him uh, that we, you know, weren't seeing eye to eye and that. I was like, you're wrong. He's like, no, no, really give it some time. And so we started talking and I actually started opening my heart to the idea. And so I started asking him questions like, hey, there's people that know you and that know me. We're close to, I mean, we've, we've done this together for 19 years. And he goes, you know what? We're going to let the Holy Spirit do that. He goes, I promise I won't talk anybody out of going with you. You just don't promote yourself and convince people to go with you. And I said, if I do that, of course I wouldn't do that. And so um, in the middle of that conversation, I felt led by the Holy Spirit to just remind him, hey, don't forget that in August last year, DJ and Cammie and Kim and I came to you about the potential of taking Castle Rock. And he goes, oh yeah, I forgot about that. And I said, I don't know where their hearts are exactly now, but I just wanted to remind you that. And he said, that's good because I'm gonna have a conversation with them because I do wanna offer them Lone Tree but they need to know all the details and the, all the facts. And I was like, okay, absolutely, totally understand that. That's Wednesday. I go home, <laughs> imagine this, go home. Kim was working, so she comes in a little bit later and uh, <laughs> I have to tell her, um, we don't have a year and a half anymore. <laughs> Pastor John thinks that we should go and start our church and start it now. And she was like, what? And it began a process of us praying and thinking through this idea. And so I go to sleep that night, Wednesday night into Thursday, and have a dream. Now, to save my life, church, I wouldn't be able to tell you a dream that I have had in my past. I just don't remember them. I know that I have dreams, but I don't ever remember them. But I'll never forget this one. We're sitting in a circle, or we're sitting in the middle of a room, and there's people, and I can't see their faces around the edge of the room, and we are trying to decide on what we're supposed to do with this decision that Pastor John has given to us. And we're talking about it in the dream. And in the dream, at the same time, God gives us the name of the church. And we're like, yes. And the name of the church in the dream was the Yes Church. Now, I need need you to know a little bit about me. My favorite classic rock band is Yes. And so we were actually joking in the dream that we could play Yes music when people come into church. You know, owner of a lonely heart. You know, you guys should know that song, right? Well, come to church. You won't have a lonely heart, right? You know, I just, all these things. We get super excited about this. And so we start to go around the room and people's faces begin to light up and we begin to talk to different people and tell them the name of the church is the Yes Church and people get super excited about it. And we're super excited and I wake up. So I go to my journal and I start writing out the dream and I write the whole thing out and then I start asking God questions about their dream. And one of the questions that I had was, God, is the name of the church the Yes Church? And I felt like the Lord told me the next thought that came across my mind was this. No, I'm trying to tell you to say yes to the church. (laughs) So I typed that out in my journal. And about a half an hour later, I get a text from Pastor John. How you doing? 
I said, uh, Kim's at work again today. I haven't had a chance to talk to her, so I don't know how to answer your question right now. And I said, how are you doing? And he goes, I am doing great. I'm even more confident today about what we talked about than I was yesterday. And then he wrote this, and I'm just praying that God would give you the yes to what you're supposed to do. I'm scrolling through months and months and months of texts just to find any text where he might have used quotes, but there's not, you know, those, that's two extra characters when you're texting. <laughs> and yet he felt appropriate to say yes in quotes. And I'm like, okay, God, I, I mean, all right, it seems like you're trying to tell me something. And so Thursday, I'm kind of up. I just want you guys to know that this week that changed everything was a roller coaster for Kim and I. We were like, <gasps> I mean, just up and down, up and down. We haven't had the chance to talk yet. So Friday comes, and actually we find ourselves in one of the low moments in regards to that. And we finally had the chance to talk about it. And we... Um, Man, we were discouraged at this point. I, and I can't, I can't say anything more about it other than uh, the enemy loves to take what God's trying to do and tries to steer you off course. And it was very interesting because that evening, man, I was having all kinds of really, really bad negative thoughts like, oh, Pastor John and Chris, they're just trying to get rid of you. Which I know that's not the case. We've had conversations and we've even talked about the different things and lies and, and there's been a few others since then. Um, the enemy wants to come and steal, kill, and destroy. And on this particular Friday night, he was trying to steal, kill, and destroy it. And we were kind of conversing through that and it actually got to the place where I had to repent to Kim and say, hey, you know what? Pastor John and Chris, they would never think that about us. They wouldn't ever do us that way. And I repent for even saying that out loud. And so Saturday morning, we get up, we go sit out on a porch, and it's, whoa, we get back up to a high because while we're sitting on the porch, God gives Kim the name of the church. The name of the church is gonna be Shine Church. And we begin to think about all the different references in scripture in which we're called to shine the glory of the Lord. And then God gives me uh, Moses. You know, when he's in the presence of God, the Bible says that he shone so much that they had to put a veil over his face. And all of a sudden I had this vision in my heart that what if, what if there was a place where people could come in and the presence of God was so real that their whole countenance changed? And I was like, oh, I love this. And so here we are Saturday, shine church. And we're like, yes, okay, great. By Sunday night, we're down here again. I mean, and we're so low by Sunday afternoon that Kim is going, listen, there's a guy at the church that you're really good friends with that does real estate. He'd hire you. Why don't you go work real estate? I don't want to work real estate. I mean, we're just up and down, up and down. And so she goes, can I call my father? I said, yes, let's call your father. So we put him on speakerphone and Kim begins to proceed to tell him the entire story that I just told you. And to her father's credit, he doesn't say much. He just says, hey, you know what? You need to take your time, seek the heart of the Lord and pray about this. Um, you're not being rushed, are you? And I said, no, Pastor John has given us as much time as we need to make this decision. And he said, okay, good. Take that time and pray through it. And I said, we, we said, yep, that's what we need to do. Thank you very much. And Kim hung up the phone. And this is what I believe the Lord tells me. Dan, if anybody had walked into your office, sat on your couch, told you the things that your wife just told her dad, and then said, do you think we're hearing from God? I would look at them and go, what are you waiting for? 
You've got a past word. You've got a leader calling you out. You have a dream. You have a coincidental text. I, I mean, what are you waiting for? And so Kim and I discussed it, and we were like, you know what? We're supposed to do this. So we set an appointment on Wednesday with Pastor John and Chris to let them know our decision. And in those three days, I get an email from somebody with a video on it. <clears throat> the video was titled, Why Millennials Don't Go to Church. And so I'm watching this video, and there is this young woman, probably 23, 24, that um, begins to share her reason of why she doesn't go to church. And this is what she said. She said, I don't doubt that my mom and dad love Jesus Christ and believe in God with all of their heart. But I have never seen them in all of my life take any kind of step of faith where if God didn't follow through, they would be in trouble. And she goes, and so therefore, that's why I don't go to church because I don't see any radical faith in them. And it poof, pierced my heart. I have a 21-year-old son and I have a 19-year-old daughter. And this is what I found myself thinking. And remember, I'm a pastor of a church. And here's what I felt myself thinking. My 19-year-old daughter could probably say the same exact thing about me. Now, here's what she doesn't know. She doesn't know that we moved from Aiken, South Carolina to Colorado without a home, without a job. I mean, it was a radical step of faith, but she was one month old. And the truth of the matter, church, is that in the next 19 years, we got pretty comfortable. I'm not saying that I didn't pray. I absolutely prayed. I'm not saying that we didn't do things in faith. Absolutely, we did things in faith. But to take that radical step of faith where you're stepping out and you're going, okay, God, if you don't come through, I'm in trouble. And I just felt like the Holy Spirit confirmed in, in my heart, and I shared it with my wife, man, we are supposed to do this because if God doesn't come through, we'll be in trouble. And I want to challenge you today. When's the last time you did something where it took radical faith? When's the last time you stepped out? The truth is, the older we get, the more comfortable we get in our comfort. You know what my number one, uh, I'm just gonna be vulnerable before you here. I have a hot tub that's right off my master bedroom in which I get up in the morning and I sit in that and I read and pray every morning. It's where I do my Bible reading. It's where I do my praying. And my first thought was, I don't wanna give up my hot tub. I'm just being open and honest with you. I, I mean, it was a very real struggle in that because we want to move to Castle Rock. We want to be a part of that community. And man, there was this fleshly tearing of that. But those are the things that are good and healthy for us when we're seeking and following the Lord. And so I just want to challenge you. What have you done lately that has required a serious step in faith Young adults are all about stepping out in radical faith. I don't know why it is the older we get, it's a little bit harder to do that. Well, actually, I do know why, because we start getting comfortable and because life starts getting shorter and because if we make a mistake, we don't have as much time to recover, do we? But here's what I know, that Kim and I 
have been asked to, by the Lord to step out in radical faith. And if he doesn't come through, we're in trouble. But we know that he's going to come through. And I'm going to finish by just telling you why I'm so certain that he's going to come through. Not only did he give us that dream and the word to step out and do this, but then all of a sudden, the team around us begin to develop. Pastor DJ and Cami sought the Lord. And even though they were offered the option to take Lone Tree and be the pastors here, they decided that Lord, the Lord was leading them to come and be a part of what we were doing with Shine Church. And they told Pastor John and Chris that, and then they came into our office and told us, and I remember high-fiving them and being super excited and then not sleeping a minute the next night because, oh man, it just got real. Rob and Amy Painter, they were the Castle Rock campus pastors. And Pastor John, after we had made these decisions, then Pastor John went to Rob and Amy and said, hey, listen, this is what I believe that the Lord is doing. They started their roller coaster. For every one of us, it was like this roller coaster ride. Um, and Rob and Amy uh, went through that process and they came back to us and said, hey, you know what? Um, Amy actually had a prophetic word at our prophetic ministry night and it confirmed that we're supposed to come with you, Dan and Kim, and be a part of this. Janet and Darren Sesmat. Janet is Pastor John's administrator. Has been for 10 years? 10 years. And church, I want you to know what an awesome man and what an incredible pastor we have here at Jubilee. John realized that Janet was friends with Amy and Cammie and Kim and knew that her heart would be torn. So he pulled her into the office and said, Janet, I want you, but I release you. And I give you the freedom that if the Lord leads you to go with them, I, I give you the freedom to do that. Janet goes away on a little vacation and God gives her a word that tells both Darren and Janet they're supposed to come with us. And so they tell Pastor John that and then they come and tell us and we celebrate with them. But I will never forget, I will never forget that day when he talked to Rob and Amy and Janet. I walked into his office Janet had just left, so it was pretty raw. I walked into his office and John looked at me with tears streaming down his face and his hands like this. And he goes, I'm giving you everything. Everything I have, I'm giving you. Church, I cannot express, I cannot put into words how grateful I am to this man and what he is doing on our behalf. Not only did he give me his admin, both sets of campus pastors that worked for him, but then he said, now you can have all the equipment that's in the building, and if that's not enough, hey, our Lakewood building, go take what you need there and bring it down too. I, I mean, it's been unbelievable. So then we started talking about, okay, well, what about worship pastor? What about youth pastor? What about kids pastors? He says, you know what? It's time, let's go start. You can start approach talking to, to them. So I go to Janelle Jackamore, who was the worship pastor at our Lakewood campus. And I lay out the story like I've laid it out for you. And I said, Janelle, we would love to have you be our worship pastor. And she said, well, can I pray about it? And I said, of course. Later on that day, I talked to Peter and Christine. Peter works in our media department, does a lot of the um, things that you see out in the foyer, um, in, in the prints, and he does the webpage. And um, 
we had a heart for him to be our youth pastor. So we just went and told him the story of what was going on. As I'm telling them the story, his wife interrupts me and says, hey, before you go on, I need to tell you something. Two nights ago, I had a dream about this. And she begins to proceed to tell us the dream and it was unbelievable. And it all had to do with him being a youth pastor and he wasn't even working in that ministry. A couple days later, Janelle calls back and says, hey, uh, I wanna let you know that I'm in. I wanna, I wanna be your worship pastor. And I said, okay, that's great. And I said, what, you know, what was the process? And she goes, well, interestingly enough, the night before you asked me to do this, I had a dream about this. Church, the reason I'm telling you this is because it just instilled confidence in Kim and I that we were stepping out and doing the right thing because over and over and over, God was giving dreams and words to different team members. We go to our kids pastor that was at Castle Rock, Laura and Denny Van, Van Wy, and I tried to schedule a point where they both could be there, but only she could come. So we kind of lay out the story, and, uh, and I said, so you know, we would love to have you stay as our kids pastors as part of our kids ministry team. And um, she goes, yeah, we're in. And I'm like, um, Denny's not even here. Don't you want to tell him? But no, 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 we've already talked about it. We're in. I'm like, what do you mean? And she goes, we have already felt led by the Lord to go through this process. And we, always, we, ever, we had the thought that if Castle Rock ever breaks away from Jubilee, we're staying with it. I'm like, oh my gosh, that's crazy. And then we had our kids pastors at our Lakewood campus. And so, and you got to remember... We haven't made any announcements, so these staff members have no idea that this is all happening. So we get with them, and they're blown away and in shock, and Tina goes, oh my gosh, I had a dream about this. Over and over and over, God has just confirmed time and time and time again that this is something that he is doing. Now here's the really exciting part for you to hear. There is something in Pastor John's life right now in his heart that I haven't seen in years. There's an excitement in him. There's a vision stirring in him that again, I haven't seen in years. He's so excited that it makes me not want to do this. <laughs> really? Can I just stay with you and do this with you? And he's like, no, you told me you're gone. So I'm like, okay, fine. But church, I'm telling you, Pastor John is super excited about what God is gonna do here. And here's what's gonna come out of this. I need to wrap this up. Here's what's gonna come out of this. We've got Colorado Church that is going incredibly strong and healthy. We have Discover Community Church that is going incredibly strong and healthy. Um, we're gonna be starting in two weeks a church called Shine Church in Castle Rock. We're praying that it goes strong and healthy. Um, and I believe that it will as, as well. And then we have Jubilee Fellowship, which uh, is going to be incredibly strong and healthy. And we're gonna have four little independent but yet together churches that are going to make a huge kingdom impact in this area right here. Yeah, you can, you can applaud that. <clears throat> I want you to hear something though. I believe it's a time for people to step up and get involved in what the church is doing. The church is you. The body of Christ is made up of the people that sit in this room, and Pastor John needs every single one of you to be flowing and operating in the thing and the purpose and the gifting that God has called you to do. I don't know where it shifted, and I don't know why it got to be this way, but in a lot of places, 
People come and watch the pastors do the ministry, and then they leave and they go into their week. Church, we need people that are going to say, hey, you know what? I don't just come on the weekend, but I'm here because I want to get involved and I want to be a part of the body of Christ. And each one of you has a gift, and each one of you has a, has a place in this body. If you call Jubilee home, God wants to use you in whatever your gifting and whatever your passion is. He wants to use you to make this body better. And so as we are shaking things up, as we start to move away from a campus model in which there was several churches, one church in several locations, as we move away to just independent churches, understand we need you. We need you to get involved in this. People who come to shine, I need them to get involved and help. It's not gonna be just the pastors doing the ministry. We need the people to do the ministry. The people that stay at Jubilee Fellowship, Pastor John and Chris need you to get involved. Get involved. It might take a radical step of faith. That'd be a good place for an amen there, but. <laughs> but I want to encourage you to step out in that. If there's life to it, step out. It might not be the easiest thing to do, but if there's the life there, man, the Holy Spirit might be leading you into something that he has for you. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for what you're doing in this. The pieces, the so many different pieces that had to come together for all of this to work out in the way that it has. God, it can only be from you. And so God, we just give you glory and we give you honor and we worship you for what you are doing. And God, we say yes to the things that you have. And so, Lord, I pray for Jubilee Fellowship, and I pray for Pastor John and Chris, and I pray that you continue to stir the vision that you have placed in his heart. God, I pray that you would bless him for being the blessing that he has been to me. God, my family would not be where it was without the ministry that he has given to me and my, my children. And so, Lord, I pray that you would bless him with your presence, that you bless him with direction, and you would bless him with people that rally around him, that get so excited about what you are doing in this community, that God, it makes it easy for him to do what you've called him to do. God, I bless Jubilee Fellowship, and I pray that you would just, you would just take it to a new level, take it to a place that it has never even been. God, it's been an incredibly healthy and wonderful church, but God, I pray that you would take it to the next level. Make Jubilee Fellowship just a supernatural place that people discover and recover the promises of God for their lives. And we thank you for that in your name. Amen. Thank you, Pastor.